last time on Licensed to Parent. If you have these same-sex attractions or you feel trapped in the wrong body, well, God is in the business of transforming lives. And we have so many testimonies of individuals in the film that dealt with same-sex attraction and yet through Christ found the transformative power to be able to be born again. That's Kendra White, director of a new documentary entitled In His Image, Delighting in God's Plan for Gender and Sexuality. Today, we'll continue that conversation about how to relate with those from the LGBTQ community in a way that leads to changed lives. This is Licensed to Parent. And welcome to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program helping teens in crisis and by extension, helping their families. Our host is the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill, Trace Embry, and I'm Rich Rosel. Now, last week we began a conversation with Kendra about this new film that addresses the conflicts between the LGBTQ community and the teaching of the Bible, yet with compassion and grace. Now, there's so much to uncover, we simply didn't have time to squeeze it all into one program, so Kendra is back to offer some more great insights from that film. Trace? Well, Kendra, thank you for coming back and uh, uh, doing a second program with us here. We left off last time talking about choice versus born that way, and uh, well, maybe we can review that just a little bit. With respect to homosexuality and people struggling with their gender, but uh, born that way versus the choice, What does the film go into this? And which is it? Absolutely, we do go into this. I feel like we had to. In fact, it was a, a segment of the film that I um, initially did not put in, and I felt like it was lacking. And we actually, in the final stages of editing, went back and added several comments from our commentators. Mm. Um, I don't know if you remember back when, um, uh, was it Newsweek, that... Um, there was a, a magazine cover with a baby on it, and it said, is this baby born gay? Hmm. This was back years, years, years ago, and um, the, the science has been in question since then. Well, there are so many studies that have come out, especially some, not, not just small studies, but really huge studies that have come out um, recently that say that there is no genetic link to homosexuality. Right. Now, one of the thing, points that we do make in the film, because there's such a way that studies can be manipulated and twisted, and there may be future studies that, that come out that may point to other indicators of, of, of things, but regardless of how you think you were born, you need to be born again. Right. And I know that what's difficult for a lot of people um, is that they feel that they've always been gay. And again, the story comes back to feelings. Um, but one of the things I love, uh, First Stone Ministries is a ministry that deals with these issues. It's led by Stephen Black. And um, one of the things that they, they do with the people that come to them is they really help them trace back um, and they'll ask questions. Okay, well, when do you, when do you first remember feeling these ways. And um, in a large, large majority of the instances, they're able to trace it back to a specific time. And for many people, it's connected to a physical or sexual abuse that has happened to them in their childhood that they never drew the connection between these two. Now, um, one of the things, we don't go super in-depth in the feature film into the causalities of homosexuality, um, 
but we do a little bit in the in the bonus features that that come on disc two of the DVD. And um, I, I asked all of the different ministry partners that we had in this film. Three different ministries were represented. I said, "What percentage of the time would you say that abuse is a factor with the people that you minister to?" And and like with with uh, First Stone, they've been doing this for over thirty years. Um, so that's that's a lot of experience working with people, and all three of the different ministries um, said the ma- large majority. I think one of them said ninety nine percent of the time it's yeah. either physical or emotional or sexual abuse that is going and the rest on. Don't remember it. <laughs> yes. That's not to say that um, there aren't situations where, and we've had people already contacting us where they said, well, well, my child, there was no trauma that I know of that happened. Um, you know, what happened? That's not to say that there aren't instances where abuse or childhood trauma is not a factor. Um, but I think we're completely blinded if we ignore um, that that abuse is, um, a major factor, as well as mental health. When we, when we talk about the transgender issue, mental health issues are often connected, and that's, you know, not just identity disorders, but, um, I mean, not just gender dysphoria, but multiple other instances that are very much associated with yeah. an LGBTQ identity. Let me ask you this. If I'm struggling with bestiality, I don't mean to be gross here, but was I born that way? We all are born with a sin nature. So in in one sense, we're all born to have the results of the fall in us mm-hmm. and alive in us. And I think there are some individuals who may come from a family that has brokenness and you might have more tendencies because of your background. But as far as does God make, and this is important theologically, does God make somebody... Um, and put in them desire for the opposite gender. Does God make somebody who's, quote-unquote, trapped in the wrong body? If you believe that, then that is a malicious God that you're believing in because he then comes back in Scripture and calls that very same thing wrong. Well, we have, you know, in in Scripture we talk about God gives good gifts to his children, you know, and um, which of you... It says, which of you, if your child, you know, asks you for a fish, you'd give him a snake. Or if you ask for bread, you'd give him a stone. You know, how much more than does our Heavenly Father want to give good gifts to those who ask him? And so we know God is a loving Father who loves his children, and he places desires, you know, and, and has built us to be a certain way. So I think you have a theological issue if you say, God made me. Um, this way, in a way that contradicts Scripture. Well, I think it may be a matter of semantics in this regard, but God did make us that way from this standpoint. He did make us with a capacity for sin, but that doesn't mean he made us purposefully so that we would sin. Look, I I had this conversation with a kid last night. Uh, Without the free will to rebel against God, you really can't love. There's no such thing as love. Right. With, with when love is in the equation, there has to be the ability not to love. Otherwise, there's no love. Like for instance, uh, you know, I have kids say, "Well, you know, why did God make me knowing that I would go through all this struggle and have to be in a program?" Blah blah blah. blah. I said, "Because a true love relationship was worth it." All right. It's, yeah. it's, I married my wife knowing that one day I'm going to stand over her grave, or she's going to stand over mine. 
I knew I was putting myself in a very, very dangerous position by, by marrying her. Okay, it's going to hurt. We're going to have kids that uh, you know are going to get sick, and they're going to mess their diapers, and they're going to spill things and break things, and and maybe die. And, and one of my kids did, and yet I had them anyway. I married my wife and put myself through because a true love relationship was worth it. This is all a result yeah. of the fall, right? So God gets painted into a uh, he, he's in a lose lose situation. He's either a tyrant if he makes us do <laughs> right. what we're supposed to do. Or he's uncaring, uh, unloving if, if he gives us the free will to, to reject him. Uh, we we he, have such an amazing capacity to do such amazing stuff because God has given us those gifts. But those mm-hmm. same gifts do have a, a challenging side to it. I guess I, I hate to paraphrase right. Star Wars, but, you know, the force has a, has a dark right. side and a light side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and that's that's the capacity God has given us, but included in that is the capacity to sin and to have these unnatural desires and to yeah. to be the best us we can be or the worst us we can yeah. be. What you all are talking about is the basis of the first 30 minutes of our movie. We start in Genesis in, in his image film, and we build what does it mean for man to be created? What does it mean for the fall? And how did that change you know, the way that men and women relate to each other. And we have so many problems today about the way that men and women relate, so many problems. I mean, how many sex scandals are popping up? How many, you know, even the the feminist movement was pushing back to um, some, some, it was based in some initial charges of sure men can can be abusive and use their power wrongly. You know, of course, it got uh, carried away in this men and women being at each other's throats issue of where we are today. All of that is based in sin. And so we've yeah. gotten some um, some feedback from people that have said, well, you spent a lot of time in the book of Genesis. Well, yeah, there's some fundamental things that as a culture we've gotten wrong that we have to go back and look at um, very carefully what what did, was his purpose and intent when he made man, when he made woman, when he said, you know, in the image of God, I created the male and female. Yeah, because if you don't get the premise to any story or any issue correct, then the rest of that story or issue can make, actually start making sense. And uh, so you have to get it right from the jump. I want to go back to choice because I, I think the particularly people who call themselves bisexual have kind of painted themselves into a corner when they say they were born that way. So if you're bisexual, is that not evidence of choice actually being in the equation? And aren't all (laughs) sexual interactions ultimately a choice? That's a good point. Well, we have today, um, the LGBTQ identities have two thoughts that are contradictory and they play both sides of the argument. And at one stage Mm -hmm. they'll say, that gender and these things are fixed at birth, you know, and it's in hate and it's in you. And then they say, no, 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 it's fluid. You can change. Mm -hmm. So even amongst themselves, among these identities, if you really push carefully, um, some of them are fundamentally opposed to each other. Like Mm -hmm. the L and the T, this is something I've I've realized, they are very fundamentally opposed because a lot of the um, lesbian organizations are saying, you know what, we want to fight for women, um, and what does it mean to be a woman, um, and they define that in a biological sense, right? Mm-hmm. And 
um, then here you have the transgender movement come in and you have a lot of people say, well, no, 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 no. What it means to be a woman is what I feel. And they want the same rights that a lot of the feminists have been working years to try to defend. And so I found that there's a lot of confusion even among the LGBT people on these kinds of things. Oh, absolutely. They're actually... There are a lot of, as far as the transgender issue is concerned, there are a lot of um, support from lesbian organizations to try to stop some of the the puberty blockers and and things that are going on Mm -hmm. in, in youth today. Right. I have a friend who grew up in a predominantly African American area. Uh, he's Caucasian, and uh, so he he doesn't look like you know a, a black person, but um, but he really relates to the African American culture. He would never say of himself, "Oh, I'm I'm African American." But he relates to them. He un- he has a much greater understanding of the African-American culture than he does of, of the white culture. I don't know. To me, I think that's where we have gotten quite derailed in the gender conversation is, you know, you can be a guy and you may identify more with this type of feeling, this type of action, this type of activity, which may be, quote, unquote, traditionally female. But that Still doesn't make you a female. That you're still a guy, you just relate more to this, you have a better understanding for this, a a stronger desire to do this type of work or this type of activity than another thing. So you may be breaking some of the gender roles there, but that doesn't mean you have to say, I am therefore a woman. That's that's what has often puzzled me is is that's a very valid point. And one of the things that I struggled with at the at the beginning of researching this is okay. What does it mean uh, from a biblical standpoint to be male and female? If it if it's not, oh, women have to wear high heels and love shopping, and men like to shoot things and you know <laughs> um, fix cars. Then what does it mean if somebody is struggling with identifying with their gender from Scripture? Are there any clues that God gives us in the way that He talks to us, in the way that He made us, as to what our roles are and our purposes are? Because the cultural stereotypes are not helpful, and um, if you push them too heavily on a child, of course, if a, if a guy goes, I don't want to play with, with the G.I. Joes, I just I don't feel like it, then I want to paint. And um, that is culture boxing people into something that is not even mentioned in Scripture. Now, there's a continuum on both sides of the equation, male and female, and some guys are going to be the John Wayne male. Uh, and other guys are going to be the Woody Allen male, okay? Sure. Uh, and same thing with uh, females. Uh, someone's going to be, a, you know, uh, more an athletic, and the other one's going to be more Susie Homemaker. It doesn't make them less... Ma- my, my wife, she's 60 years old, and her track and field records still stand. Uh, tomboy, if there ever was a tomboy. And yet, as feminine as you can be. So mm. I, I don't... I just. Don't buy the argument, but I want to ask you this. If a magic pill can be given that would take away a same-sex desire, some people wouldn't take the pill. Isn't this evidence of a choice also? Absolutely. I think you're right. I think it's a heart problem. Mm. I mean, we we spoke in the last program briefly about the term, you know, sinful desires. And let me begin by saying this issue 
yes, we're focusing on this because it's prevalent in culture, but we all have sin issues that we have to deal with and we have to surrender and say, no, God, I'm going to let you do it your way. And, And that's what ultimately this comes down to is submission, that there is somebody who made you and you are giving them the right to define and determine who you are and your purpose, which is why in the film we um, we start off with a lot of imagery of a painter who is working on this canvas, and we're as we're talking about creation, the the painting kind of comes to life, you know, and then and then we cut to he he sets down his paintbrush and he he gets his hands and grabs some clay and starts um, molding. It's it's really beautifully filmed um, by our awesome uh, director of photography, Austin Brooks. Um, but we worked with a local artist here because I wanted the audience to make the connection that God is an artist. He is a creator. And mm. every creator, when they make something, it has um, a plan and a purpose. So you don't ask, you know, if, if uh, the film in his image, you know, you're talking to me because I'm the director and the creator of it. And you want to know, well, why did you make it? If you, um, if somebody invents a wrench um, and everybody starts using it to eat cereal with, <laughs> you know, that's not the design and the plan that the, the inventor who made the wrench created it for. So you have to go back. It's just like when you, when you order something online and there's the instruction manual, things flow, things connect when, when you follow the purpose for which it was created. But that means acknowledging that God is in control. And that's where I think the rub comes for a lot of people. And that goes back to that premise. You have to buy into a proper premise. Mm-hmm. Kendra White is our guest on today's Licensed to Parent program. She's the director of the film In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. By the way, you can learn more about the film and even watch it for free by going to inhisimage.movie. Now, that's an unusual uh, URL for, uh, for a website, but it's inhisimage.movie. And you can see the film for free. We'll be back with more conversation in just a moment. You'll find us online at LicensedToParent.org. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job, and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit HelpMyTroubledTeen.org, click on Resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherd's Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Help by TroubledTeen.org. Your children are teens now. They're growing up and gaining independence. That's kind of the point of parenting, isn't it? You're raising future responsible adults, but they're not responsible adults yet. 
They may be able to do things on their own, but you still want to be able to contact them and you want to equip them for success. So you decide to get them a smartphone. But why a smartphone? For most people, that means 24-7 access to everything on the planet. And that's not wise, nor is it healthy. Digital addiction is prevalent these days. In fact, we see teens of all ages dealing with mental health and behavioral issues rooted in overuse of technology. Issues that affect health, wellness, ability to focus, performance in academics, and more. That's why at Licensed to Parent, we want you to choose a wise phone alternative instead of a smartphone. More information is available at LicensedToParent.org slash wisephone. Listening to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. And again, our guest on today's Licensed to Parent program is Kendra White. She is a film producer with American Family Studios and director of the film In His Image, Delighting in God's Plan for Gender and Sexuality. By the way, Kendra was with us on last week's program as well. And if you missed that, you can hear it once again on our website, licensedtoparent.org. And Kendra, I I mentioned in yesterday's program that that it seemed that one of the purposes of this film would be to bring this conversation to the kitchen table so that we'll start having the conversation in our homes. But I, I imagine also have the conversation outside of our homes with our friends and those in our spheres of influence. What really was at the heart of why you guys made this? Well, you know, I think uh, American Family Association had been for years getting emails from parents and individuals saying, my child just came out as gay. My daughter thinks she's trapped in a boy's body. What resources do you have to help us? And these are not um, just liberal, you know, liberal left-leaning individuals in L.A. These are people all over the world. Sure. These are people from Christian families that are struggling with this. Yep. And I know just me personally, I've had a ton. I went to a Christian university and a ton of friends that it's almost like who's going to be next, you know, mm-hmm. to fall. And this this sin is so... Um, aggressive right now and it it destroys everywhere mm. it goes you can just look at the the path of destruction and i've seen too many of my friends um individuals that i know who have abandoned the authority of god's word on this issue um and either themselves are struggling or a family member is struggling and it's like watching somebody drown and as believers we can't have our head in the sand about this anymore um, because before you realize it, it will be in your home, in your community, in your church. If you think it's not happening in your church right now, if you think there aren't individuals that are struggling with this, I promise you, you are blind. They could be your Bible quiz winner. Exactly, exactly. And no one believes it's a it. secret hidden sin that people yeah. don't always talk about, so you don't realize what's going on. You have to address this in the lives of believers, especially in young people, um, Mm -hmm. to prepare them. Because I'll tell you what, for me as a millennial, speaking out about this issue, it is rough, the response that you get. And if you are not so grounded in the Word of God, they will eat you alive. Is it correct to say, though, that really all of the rules have changed about sexuality in general? It's not just the LGBTQ challenge, but... You know, the the fact that, mm-hmm. that it's just a given now that if two people are 
dating, or I let me go even beyond that. If two people happen to have met each other in a parking lot, obviously they're having sex. Mm, absolutely. I mean, it's just a complete, complete darkness. Romans talks about, you know, being given over to lustful yeah. desires and all of this. And that's, that's exactly what we're seeing. It's not just um, the LGBT issues. And um, that's one thing that I think the church has lost a little bit of ground on this issue because we haven't addressed our problem with sexual ethics within the church with heterosexual couples. And right, so yeah, right. the claim that there's hypocrisy in, the, in many churches is true. Mm-hmm. And the answer isn't to accept all sins, but to confront all sins. Right. And, um, I mean, we've got the rapid rise in cohabitation. Um, we've got pornography is an issue that has completely changed. All the counselors that I've talked to, um, you know, they... The, the connection of physical abuse was even higher before pornography, and they're finding that some just Christians in their homes, are kids are getting into pornography, and that is a gateway that deals with it. We're not addressing those issues in the church, and we need to. It is so pervasive in our, in our churches as well. Yep. Well, our culture is so sexually saturated that we've become bored with sex as God's designed it. And, and yet depression rates are rising, and it's all not of it. satisfying. <laughs> we become insatiable, because I think we confuse love with lust, first of all. And right. our, kids, our kids can't even define love without thinking about a, a sexual component to it. They, they just don't. It's a distortion of the real thing that God created, and I think that's what a lot of non-believers don't understand, is that... Christians are not anti-sex. God created it, and it's a wonderful, beautiful thing in the context of marriage. Mm -hmm. And the enemy will always come in with a a false alternative. You know, he, he offers you, God offers you joy. He offers you temporary happiness that is fleeting. And the same, I think, is true when it comes into sexual pleasure. And we're seeing from the suicide rates that this is not... Um, providing the wholeness and healing and and that people are wanting. I mean, just the the transgender rates, the the rates of suicide are 19 times greater among those who have had sex change surgery than the general population. And and Mm -hmm. now people will say, oh, that's because they're not accepted, they're not welcomed. No, I'm sorry. America is the most accepting country I mean, we we have Caitlyn Jenner on the on the cover of magazines, and we're applauding it. And you're getting talk shows, and you know, it's in every sitcom. I think we're out of time. I was about to say we we are out of time. It's hard to believe that time goes by so quickly, especially when we've had you on for two programs. But uh, Kendra, yes, well, look, there is hope out there. I know there's a lot of darkness, but please, if you are listening to this broadcast, step up and be the the light of the world that God is calling you to be in your community. And if you want to be equipped to know how to do that in this specific issue, go to inhisimage.movie, watch the film, and you will find scriptures that will help you to address the confusion that is going on in our world. Mm. The truth is on your side, folks. The truth is on your side. Indeed it is. And our guest has been Kendra White. She's the director of the film she just mentioned. It's called In His Image, Delighting in God's Plan for Gender and Sexuality. Let me give that website once again. And again, you can watch it for free by going to inhisimage.movie. 
I dare say you can find links to it on the American Family Association website as well. And uh, uh, Kendra, it's it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for spending time with us. Yes, ma'am. Thank you both for speaking out on this issue. Absolutely. Well, that does uh, wrap up yet another edition of License to Parent. Uh, I do remind you that this program is only made possible through the generous gifts of people just like you. That goes not only for the License to Parent broadcasts, but also for our parent organization, which is called Shepherds Hill Academy. It's a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. And you know, residential care is so expensive that many families simply can't afford it. But they can if they have help from someone like you. Your donation in any amount, your tax-free donation in any amount, uh, can go a long way to help families in need get the help they need by sending their child into a proper Christian residential care program. You can find out more by going to LicensedToParent.org and clicking the Donate tab. Our guest coordinator on the program is Daniel Fasina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.